podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to the Euro Incision podcast, your stop for all things Champions League related. And um, my word, it's great talking about the Reds in, in Europe because in the league it's been no fun. I, I have the pleasure of that as well. But 3-0 away to Ajax, um, quite a flattering result. And joining me on this podcast is um, the usual, um, the, the constant, it's Guy Drinkle. Guy, welcome back. Good to be back, and well, the Champions League seems to be a nice little escape, and well, apart from Napoli, obviously, yes. but it's, a, it's quite an uplifting time, uh, midweek games nowadays. Absolutely, I mean, the Napoli game just keeps us a little bit humble, doesn't it, in terms of what, what the Reds are capable of producing even in Europe, right, let's get into this, guys, so... You know, Liverpool versus Ajax, Liverpool were going into the game, I was... Um, you know, um, you would think that Liverpool could beat this Ajax team, but after what I saw the weekend, I can't lie, like the nerves very much creeped in for me and I wasn't filled with confidence, albeit we looked so comfortable against them at Anfield. So um, I want to get your initial thoughts. Just going into this game, how did you feel? Um, when your team's just lost to Nottingham Forest, as mm-hmm. you say, you can't, <laughs> you can't really go into anything uh, uh, too confident. But I was... I was almost, I was expecting somewhat of a turnaround because the Forest game was just that terrible um, yeah. in so many ways. But I wasn't. It was such an odd game as we'll get into. But I was expecting Klopp to maybe play the experienced heads. I was expecting Milner and Henderson in midfield. We got what we got one of them. Um, I was maybe expecting us to go back to the four-three-three, which well we nearly did because we played four-three something. Mm. <laughs> um, but I was expecting the experienced lads in. Hopefully that would have calmed us down, which they obviously didn't calm us down for the first 30 minutes or so. Um, mm. But, yeah, I think my overwhelming thoughts is that Carl lied to me when we initially previewed Ajax. So <laughs> You're not going to let that go, are you? I will never let that go, because he put the fear <laughs> of God in me. And even even we beat them. Like, if Rangers beat them next week, would anyone be surprised? Um but no, I, I think as soon as I realised it was Ajax and the game settled in, I, I, I thought I was fine, to be to be honest. I like it. I like it. I like the fact that you won't let, um, uh, you know, Carl off the hook as well. Yeah, of course, the team lineup. Um, Yeah, we. I was thinking maybe an experienced head as well. I couldn't see him doing the whole Jones, um, Cavalio and Elliot thing. And, uh, you know, with, with the injuries and the crisis and obviously the, the news that we had about Thiago, that he, you know, he's still, um, you know, not match fit injured. Um. So I was fully expecting like a Henderson to come in, not out of like a choice. It was more like we need a little bit of experience in there. You know, it it made complete sense. So, you know, the starting lineup, Beck, it's Alison Becker, Robertson, Van Dyke, Gomez, uh, um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, 
Fabinho and Henderson. It looked like Elliot and Nunes out wide, Firmino and Salah central, but it was a bit of a strange setup. But let's talk about this game because, like you said, and you alluded to this, because uh, it took Liverpool like 30 minutes to settle in. And my word, there were some early, early scares. And um, Bergwies, I, I hope I said that right, gave us a couple of early scares, you know, taking that confidence from the weekend because I think he bagged the brace for Ajax over the weekend. But there were some quite nervy scary moments in in the first 30 um you know uh, in the first 30 minutes and you know what kind of things kind of stood out to you because obviously you know the, 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 you know his chances you know like were quite concerning to me um you know the fact that Firmino was really really deep we couldn't get the ball to our front men uh we were really really uh, I'd say careless in possession as well we were like playing really loose passes and when we get the ball, we'd, we'd play a dodgy pass to each other and we'd lose the ball again. It was just very, um, it felt very disorientated, the first 30 minutes. Yeah, it was just general sloppiness, wasn't it? Mm, it, was, mm. it was a mix of passiveness, sloppiness, and just a lack of quality. And it was just really odd. I mean, that Bergie's chance where he hit the post at the start, mm-hmm. maybe that would have changed the entire game if that went in. Uh, yes. Um. Yeah, it, it was just... It's bo- it's boring talking about the midfield now because everyone sees the issues there. Yeah. But we we had Fabinho, eighty yards of space, and no one else. It was like, I know he's playing like he's kind of broken at the minute, but it's like not one person on this earth could do that. Maybe Kante against Liverpool because that's the only time he's ever fit. Um, but it was just really odd because Henderson was basically playing left wing. Elliot was playing right wing, and it was just so odd um, that basically everyone in the Ajax team was a midfielder apart from Broby, and everyone was just picking up spaces everywhere in that first 30 minutes, and we just got overwhelmed in that area, and they just kept running off the back of us, and I think we saw that quite often in in that first part. Um, But yeah, it was just, even on the ball, I think the chance that just went wide of the right-hand post mm-hmm. when Trent yes. tried a square ball and it was just like, Trent, mate, come on. You're like, defending we can accept because you give us other stuff. But you're screwing up a 10-yard sideways pass, are you? What are you doing? It was just like, what is happening to this team in front of our eyes? And stuff like that was just... It... It's nice to see we can flip a switch and turn into a competent team. But to know we have this level in a must not lose game is kind of, well it is it is bloody concerning because um, albeit I I talked down Ajax there they could have been two or three nil up and then we weren't coming back from that. Yeah, you know what nail on the head there absolute nail on the head and you know you're speaking about Trent there as well and you know at one point they're on a counter on us three versus one and you know if it wasn't for you know Trent's kind of um, you know block and I, I don't think he, yeah. he just threw his body in front of the ball didn't he but you know those moments were like pretty much game defining because you're spot on because if if the Bergwies I mean I do pronounce his name horribly I do apologise people but you know if his chance goes in early I think that's Liverpool's head's gone like literally and you know the, the home crowd they're in some great form in the league you know they want to get that you know they, you know like they 
they get the the momentum they're on the front foot and you know you you look back now and you think thank god they didn't go in and you know you're absolutely grateful for it but yeah you're right it was just absolute sloppiness as a whole and obviously players weren't getting involved and I felt like you know oh gosh is this another game where you know we're not going to see much of Mo Salah and you know it was it was quite concerning and obviously Darwin Nunes was trying to put in a shift on the left. I think their player Timber was having a really, really good game. Robbery, um, uh, to me, that is such a tongue twister, by the way, because I want to say Bobby and Robbie at the same time. Um, but Bobby, you know, was, um, uh, you know, trying to cause um, Joe Gomez a lot of nightmares. And, you know, there was just a lot. And they came into that game with, like, a fair bit of confidence. They came out with how they wanted to. We, it wasn't, I've, like you said, it was just passiveness and sloppiness from Liverpool. But after 30 minutes, and you, you touched on this, but then... I kind of noticed that, you know, um, you know, we, we kind of got like, we started playing passes to each other and we were in their half and that was a little promising because before that point, I think they had five shots and we had zero shots. Yeah, we almost killed the game, didn't we? It was just like, right, lads, you will keep the ball between our five defensive players. And it was just, it just seemed to give us somewhat of confidence on the ball. And it was basically baby-stepping our way into the game. It, it reminded me a bit of Man City that, I can't lie. Yeah, mm. yeah almost killed them with boredom type thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which Man City do every week to everyone they're playing and everyone who watches. Um, but it, it really was, it was just like, okay, we, we literally are struggling to make a two-yard pass, um, as I said, with the Trent thing. Mm. And, and we just... Passed it, Fabinho, Henderson, Henderson, Fabinho, and and we needed that. We needed that. We Back couldn't to just basics, go. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We just couldn't go from that to Mo Salah's pass to to Elliot later on. We could we couldn't just make that instant click of the fingers whim in again. Um. So it was, it was nice to see us take control of the game because we know how Ajax play. I mean, I, I don't want. We obviously don't watch them week to week, but we know Eredivisie uh, Ajax they dominate every game. I presume. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just take control of a game like that, kill it like that. Um, then the last five, five, ten minutes of the half, we start getting the chances. Obviously, we had the goal itself. Um, Let's talk about the goal. Yeah. You come on, then talk to me about that because you know what it went in and it was absolutely delightful. I mean, you know, Hendo there, the outside of his foot, mm-hmm. you know, just hooking it in. Marcelo just dinks it on the keeper, but you know, defensively it was an absolute shambles. But it came at. It, it felt like it came out of nothing because I wasn't expecting that kind of quality from Liverpool given how they were playing. Like you said, they were taking baby steps and then they just turned that switch on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, don't, I don't know where their defence was. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yes. <laughs> but Mo was just like, am I upside it? <laughs> uh, uh, defending and one can relate to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was just, it was just strange, but it was really nice by Henderson. Yeah. Um, nice show of strength by him because he has been starting to get knocked off the ball quite a bit in, in in recent times. So I can't remember the defender. I think it was maybe Sanchez by position mm. um, at right back. So he just kind of spins him or just bullies him off the ball outside the foot pass. Mm. Um, it's a really nice pass, but the space for salary it kind of does the pass discredit because it's like, could I do that if there was nobody there? Yeah. I obviously shouldn't because I'm dreadful at football. That's why I talk about it. Um, and I but, felt like Henderson yeah. had loads of time to look up as well. I mean, I know players look up it's to see, what he, but he, he had more time to look up, if that makes sense. It was like a training session goal. It was like... <laughs> Slow motion. We're, we're going to practice counter-attacks here, lads. So defenders, you just bugger off for a bit. Um, and they did. 
but no, it was really nice round all play um, by both the lads. Um, pass via the lad who nobody had ever heard of before this season, who came out of nowhere, had a bit of a mare, but I, this goal, I think you got to put on the defence rather than him because yeah. Bassi's left more completely on his own. The left-back's just uh, blind, uh, I'm guessing, was at left-back at that time. Um, not picking up more, but we literally had two threats in the game, or three threats in the game with, with Bobby as well as the two strikers. Uh, and to leave Mo Salah, who was the best player in the world at this time last year, on his own, mm-hmm. uh, it's mm-hmm. just, wow. Yeah, I, I want to start watching <laughs> busy games because if that's how you can defend and win the league comfortably, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Or just goes to show that where where would um Ajax be if they were actually situated in this league? Mind you, like this league is a bit shambolic as well. But um, I guess you know, teams do have a bit more of a cutthroat edge, and you know, you you are encountered to an odd upset here and there. Nottingham Forest, looking at you, right? Let's let's carry on moving on because after that, my word, it could have been two nil. Um, Nunes. I mean, the the again quality of play. I mean, the ball to Gomez, was it to, um, was it to Robbo? Robbo I think to it was Firmino. to Robbo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Robbo to Firmino. Firmino just plays his beautiful square pass and Darwin Nunes, my word, I mean, what an absolute sitter, um, you know, like a tapping for him and obviously it clips, um, it clips the crossbar and I want to get your thoughts on this. I want you to talk about that because um, I've got a little question for you here. Which one was worse for you, that one, or Sitan's um, uh, for Shakhtar? Oh, God. Um, I was actually debating this. I'm a mess guy. Oh, that's a tough one, because they're both dreadful. Um, it's got to be the Shakhtar one. Yeah. Like, the, to be fair to Darwin, like, not to be fair, he should have scored a million times out of a million. Um, the Shakhtar one is the Yeah, no defenders for... around him, didn't he? Yeah. He had no one around him. It, like, it wasn't even coming at him at any pace. It's just the yeah. worst first touch I've ever seen in the history yes. of football. Yeah. And it's a first touch that becomes a shot, <laughs> yes. uh, which becomes a goal kick. It, it was just, oh, God, that was that was just fantastically dreadful. Um, but no, Darwin should definitely have done better here, to be fair. it's a, Maybe Bobby should have shot, to be fair. Um but it is Bobby. You kind of have to expect him to pass in these situations nowadays. Um, he did get a bit greedy for a bit, though, didn't he? He started he did. taking off shots, yeah. He did, he did. He loves that. He, he, when he gets fed up with people missing, I think he just scores in one of them. Um, yeah, but Darwin just has to score that. And the way the game was going, I think everyone would have wanted the two-goal cushion because, well, obviously, you'd want the two-goal cushion. But unfortunately, he... Um, Fixes as a mistake by taking the harder chance later on, which probably is going to be a story no, of him. Yeah, and no keeper saving that header, are no, they? I no. mean, like, the placement of it is just far, you know, far corner. You know, one's getting anywhere near that. Powerful, um, just incredible. And a great response as well, because I love the fact that it literally, I mean, like, obviously we went to half time and obviously the, the analysis, and I'm sure you watched it on, on BT as well, were like, oh gosh, you, yeah, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, we had to deal with Steve McManaman. But you know, um, the analysis was that, you know, like, Ajax should have been ahead then. They're going to lose those chances. Liverpool get a goal. Oh, Darwin Nunes missed. And obviously that was under the microscope a fair bit. And like you saw, you know, because Liverpool could have been 2-0 up, you know, out of nothing. And it made a lot, you know, light work of himself. But literally Liverpool coming out at half time with that kind of response. I think within five minutes, you know, Nunes scores. 
And, you know, um, I love the fact that he, he gave an instant response straight away because I feel like sometimes when those kind of things settle in, a, I, I don't know the psychology of a player, but if you mm. cock up in life and you're hanging on with it for quite a while, it's great that he kind of responded straight away and just talked to me about the player's performance because I felt like he's a little ball of energy. I know he did that little stupid little dive thing where I was a bit frustrated with him because I, he didn't, oh, yeah, like, you know, like that's a bit embarrassing. I can't lie. I, felt I was a bit embarrassed mm-hmm. by him by that. But as a whole, he is just... His agent's chaos. He's just, what is the call? Is it a whirling dervish? It's sort of kind of what it reminds me of. He's just mental. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, he, he only has one speed, and if he's sprint as hard as he can, so he's probably going to get injured every, every game or so, because he'll just, I don't know, he might just have titanium South American hamstrings that are never, never break. Um, no, he just doesn't have an off switch, does he? Like, He's going to be one of them relentless players that seemingly he only has two levels of play. He's either phenomenal or dreadful. <laughs> it's just obviously we will find a middle ground with him, but in the early stages of his Liverpool career, he's just one of them where he either looks like one of the best players in the league or he's missing an open goal from like two yards out. Yeah. Um, it it's weird because I. I'm taking one of my WhatsApp groups. I'm taking the bit. Say now, I don't rain and stuff like that. He's clearly gonna be mint for us. Like the finishing is weird at times. Probably the right word. Um, but then he'll pop up and take half volleys from thirty-five yards out with his weak foot, and it's like, wow, what are you doing? <laughs> mm. How have you how have you done that whilst missing a tapping, basically? But I think everyone's seen the numbers. I think he's got, I think he's got more goals than Gabby Jesus in about five hundred less minutes or something like that. Obviously, very different players and different roles, etc. But the numbers are there. It's just about fitting him in the system, getting the off-ball stuff. But we saw he played centre back at that. Like he tracked to centre back yesterday yeah. at some point. Like, he, did, he put in a defensive shift as well, didn't yeah, he? Absolutely, absolutely, and that's that's what you want to see. Obviously. You want to see the intricacies of pressing and all that jazz. But I want to see that from every Liverpool player at the minute, just not the new lads as well. Um, so I, I I really like him. And I think I said this after the Rangers game, where I said just roll with the with that um, that front three at the time. But I think it was Jotter that went before his injury, obviously. Yeah. Um, I just want to, I want to see more and Darwin just keep playing together. Obviously, Bobby's our only other forward option at the minute, and we don't have loads of options on the right wing. But if we play this diamond thing, whatever the hell it was, I think you got to pick them two. And then whoever behind, Bobby's definitely the best option, but you've got Carvalho as an option there. Um, Elliot could probably play as a 10, but he's probably needed a midfield. We've obviously got Naby back, Touchwood, uh, Ox back, who can play in any of them positions in midfield. So we are starting to get options back, so hopefully that limits Moore's minutes at right mid, because um, it just isn't. It just isn't him. So get them two together, and I think that'll be a really good partnership. Um, I don't think they linked up too much yesterday, but we've seen in the past they can link up. Um, but no, I really like Darwin. I just want to see more of him because I think he just gives us something more unique. Because even even his even his header, like. We targeted Ajax's set pieces in the first game. Obviously, we had Matic, who's 12 foot tall, and he mm. got the winner. Um, but Van Dijk bullied them um, that game. Matic bullied them that game. But in this game, 
Van Dyke's not allowed to score headers anymore, seemingly. Um, but Darwin is just massive. He, he's like he's mm. one of them where he's not built like their their strike was built like a tank. Yes. But Darwin just seemed to use his height better than he did. I think he bullied Gomez to be fair to him, but Darwin used it more effectively, obviously, with the goal. But yeah, I I, I just want to see more of it. It's probably my answer there. Yeah, I think Robbery um kind of used it more as like a nineties forward, in my opinion. You know, like being physically and muscular, as for Darwin was like trying to beat people with pace and trying Dude, to take Kevin off. Vibes. Yeah, yeah. You, do you know what I mean? Like, so I I know what you're trying to say there, where you can be physical, but it can be completely different in a, in a sense. And if my memory serves me correctly, I'm pretty sure Darwin Nunes scored the header. Um, uh, the winning goal, the header. To knock them out, yeah. Yeah, to knock them out. So, you know, nice little deja vu vibes for him and them there. But obviously in, in, in our colours and we'll take that all day, every day. Um, right, let's, we might as well talk about the last goal as well and then we'll talk about some of the players that impressed you. I mean, talk about uh, taking them to, um, uh, you know, to putting the sword to them because, you know, pretty much straight after that, Elliot with an absolutely delightful goal. I mean, I was so, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you, I mean, lovely ball by Mosler, by the way, to find um, Elliot in an advanced position. And, you know, Elliot just runs off and such a tight angle. And for him to kind of beat keeper near post and just smash it past him. I mean, I guess the keeper went down a little quick, but what I kind of noticed with um. Ajax, and I noticed this in the Napoli game as well, where their defence tends to shut off when they go behind. Certainly in Europe. I can't talk about them in their divisi. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like their defence is a bit questionable. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. It looks it, because I think... It's it's weird, isn't it? Because I think we both agree Timber had a good game and I think Bassi had a individually good game. But as a collective, it just seemed to be a bit all over the place. It was, it was very strange, because I think Bassi, whenever he had one-on-one defending to do, he did it really well. And Timber yeah. basically went box-to-box centre-back for a bit. But destructionally, it just seemed all over. It was like, well, the first goal was embarrassing enough. Um, corner, you can't really, well, you can do stuff about it. You just got to be taller. <laughs> um, but that third goal again, it's just nobody tracking Elliot. Salah dropping off, nobody tracking him. Really nice pass, to be fair. So you can't really mm. defend that. But there's just spaces everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously. Maybe that's just the way you got to play. But if you're two nil down after having the better of most of the first half, maybe your head just does go. But it, it, I think we said this last week. Like teams like Pilsen, Maccabi Haifa. I'll say the word minnows and be a bit harsh. But you're obviously the top dog in your league. But then you come into the Champions League and you're the minnow. You're the you're the weaker team. You can't really swap it and I am I realise I'm comparing Ajax to Victoria Pilsen which is very disrespectful to a big team like Ajax but relatively yeah um sometimes you just gotta change it up. 
maybe it doesn't work, but we saw Maccabee beat Juve. We've seen other shots. We saw um, Sheriff beat Real Madrid last year. Sometimes yeah. you do have to change up. You can't just... I know it's the Ajax way, football purist, all that jazz, but sometimes you've just got to change up and you, you can't leave 20-yard gaps in your defensive line against teams like Liverpool, um, Napoli this season, obviously in the same group. So you, you do have to mix it up at times. Yeah, and also new manager as well, isn't it? Yes. So there's also that that you need to kind of factor in. You're absolutely spot on about, you know, when teams don't really get pressed much in their league and, you know, teams tend to suffer. I mean, we're, we're talking about, like you said, the minnows. Some of the big guns are guilty of this. I mean, look at Paris Saint-Germain just in general, in terms of like, you know, they pretty much usually always walk the league. I mean, some can even argue that, you know, Bayern Munich don't really get pressed much as well. I mean, I know they won the Champions League two years ago, but when you look at the squad that they've got and the quality that they've got, they should be in the mix way more than what they have been. So, you know, like, I do feel like, you know, even sometimes the bigger teams can be guilty of that as well, mm-hmm. certainly Paris Saint-Germain. But yeah, you're spot on. Yeah, it was a stunning goal by Elliot. I love that, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie, when he took that shot, for me, like, I thought he'd missed it because it just felt too tight. I'm not <laughs> going to lie. The commentator didn't help, did he? He just went, oh, he's put it all. No, he hasn't. He's got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it didn't help when, you, you, when, you, you, when you've not got the best vision, people. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, stunning goal. I was, I was so delighted for him. So, you know, so those were the goals. And um, I think at that point, um, the 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 scoreline obviously was like, yeah, it, everything kind of calmed down a notch. But as a whole, which players impressed you on the night? Um, I think I think uh, Richard, who did the Man of the Match, gave that to Robertson, and I'd probably agree. I think he was just constantly good is probably his best the Man City game earlier the week maybe but I think this was probably his best all round game mm-hmm. in, in quite a while to be fair because he was just relentless going forward he was very good defensively Um, obviously we had Henderson that side and, and Darwin obviously drops off to the left side sometimes Um, so it's not like he had a, a classic winger to link up with which he was used to with Mane and, and Diaz so I think he just kind of dominated that left-hand side mostly by himself. Um, so I, 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 it's good to see him back because I think we obviously had everyone in Liverpool fandom had the is Simicast ready for more mins, etc. And he probably is, but I think Robbo's come back from it, his injury and he's just very well re-established himself as the dominant first-choice left-back and deservedly so because since he's come back, he's been very good. Um, and I think that was his best performance in, in, in a while, his best complete performance in a while. So, yeah, I'd pick Robbo. Is, is there anyone different for you who stood up? No, I, I thought Robbo had a really good game. I was, you know, um, it's very interesting because I think Darwin Nunes had a really good game. I thought, thought there was excitement till he was on and also I noticed his defensive work as well, so I was watching mm-hmm. a lot of that. I also was, I, it was nice to see Mo Salah get a goal and get an assist as well. I think that was important given the fact that how, and I was really intrigued by that. And I love the fact that he was involved in like the important parts of the game because obviously we watched the Forest game, right? And obviously we saw him pretty much just, um, obviously didn't help with the setup, but no supply. He was mm-hmm. very, very anonymous. So it's really, really important that those kind of players and the pacey players stay fit, first of all. Um, stay confident and are fit and firing and can be an absolute menace, be it in Europe or in the league. So I really, we need more Salah to, you know, remember who he was. And it was it was great for him to get the goal mm-hmm. and, and the assist. I mean, I'll give a little shout out to Alison Becker as well. I mean, n- not massively, but, you know, a few saves in the first half. 
again, I mean, I mean, they were easy saves, but you know, just the fact that you know he was alert, he was sharp. But I thought Gomez kind of grew into the game. Um, yeah. after you know, as I think he had a few difficult moments with robbery, and then he seemed quite calm, and the defense looked quite settled. And they, they looked like what they were doing positionally in, in, in the awareness of things. So And I think that could be largely down to the fact that when the scoreline kind of changed, I felt like maybe the pressure was less from um, the Ajax players. But as a whole, um, it, it was a strange one because nobody... It's, I'm just going to say how it is. It wasn't a great performance. The result oh, settled, yeah. settled my nerves, if that makes sense. I don't think anyone went above and beyond. I don't think Fabinho was great again yesterday. I'd probably put him similarly with Joe Gomez. I think mm. the first 30 minutes he had like an impossible task. And even the bits he could have done better, I think, yeah, that that's where you, you look. I think losing out of tackles, panicky on the ball. But when the game settled down, I think he was mostly fine. But it, it again, I mentioned it, the, the starting bit, he has too much to do. Yes, like it, even Fabinho from three years ago when he was probably the best holding midfield in the world at the time. Yeah, Ginny next to him as well, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. So we had a, we, I don't think he could have done that, done the job we're asking him to do. It's, and it's not just a game, it's this season. We're asking him to do too much and he's never been the most um, quick player. He can't cover at the most ground. He's obviously good positionally, etc. good in the tackle, etc. We're just asking him to cover too much ground. Um Henderson on the left, it always looked weird. <laughs> it just doesn't look natural. Obviously, the assist is fantastic, but in terms of general midfield play, it just doesn't look natural to him. And at 31, is he really going to change to a left centre mid now? Probably not. Um, so, obviously, limited options. But I think once Thiago's back, once Naby's back, it'll help in that regard. And then if we keep to the midfield three, We'll have Henderson, we'll have Ox, we'll have Elliot on the right. So maybe it can go back to somewhat normality once we've got Thiago and Naby back and we get control in midfield. But Fabinho is getting asked to do way too much, I think. And but it's it's a mix. Do I blame the system or do I blame him? It's it's somewhere in the middle because he's certainly not playing at his best in the moments as well. And I think that's a fair assessment as well. It's it's never one or the other. And yeah, you're right. I mean, like playing alongside Henderson as well probably doesn't, like you said, he has too much to do. And I think there was a moment in the second half, I can't remember what minute it was, but Ajax got on a counter. And literally, they just, the midfield, our midfield was so much more advanced than. Um, you know, their, their front men who, who were moving the ball to our defence. I mean, we cleared it and it was all fine and dandy, obviously, as the scoreline suggests, it finished 3-0. But, you know, just little things like that, that there wasn't a deepest midfielder just there, you know, to kind of like clean it and stuff. So, yeah, mm-hmm. um, uh, hopefully things do improve and things do get better. But let's kind of talk about another thing that happened in the game as well. I mean, quite ballsy by Klopp, but, you know, given the nature of the scoreline, because obviously we've done all our goal scoring by 52 minutes, 63 minutes, um, uh, like you said, I'm really worried, you're worried about Darwin Nunes and the sprints and the injuries. So he comes off, Jones comes on. Um, and then obviously, um, around about 71 minutes, um, Cavario, Milner and Badge Setic come on for Fabinho, Jordan Henderson and Elliot. What did you make of those subs? Because I was just watching them with a keen eye. I just wanted to see what they were all about. And I was more intrigued about just kind of... You know, just seeing them, uh, you know, in, in the Champions League, certainly um, bad setage, because I think a lot of people, I think, you know, he's, I can't see us ever bang a midfielder. So you You're have not to, allowed to. <laughs> yeah, so you have to kind of look at what you've got. So I was just watching him and like, it was a nice game for him to kind of walk into, wasn't it? In the sense that 
what he did was he was being very, very safe. And I liked that. You know, he wasn't trying to overexert himself, like put himself under the spotlight. He was just quietly just getting on with his job. You know, if there wasn't a pass on, he'd play it short back to, you know, like a Virgil van Dyke and stuff. You know, just being very, very um, switched on in terms of keeping it to the basics. Yeah, and then trying to 30 yard shot out with all Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Uh, no, I, he, yeah. he, does, he does look like a nice little player. It, it's all good. I, mean, I think he's still only 17, so we probably won't see him as a first teamer for another two seasons if he does mm. make it as a first teamer, obviously. Mm. So it's just nice having these little previews of players because we had Morton last season, or the, the season previous as well, mm. um, who we had in the past. Reese Williams popped up out of nowhere. Nat, well, Nat Phillips is 25, so maybe he's going to lose count. What do you count as a young man, guy? Out of nowhere. Well, we had Ben Davies. He came out of nowhere. Um, yeah, so it is, it is nice having this, but I, it's, a, it's an odd one because is he going to be the long-term successor to Fabinho? Because if Fabinho keeps on this form, maybe we'll need a replacement sooner rather than later. Which sounds really harsh, but Fabinho is one of my favourite players. But yep, same. If, this, if this keeps happening, we may have to look at that position. Um, yeah, I, I. It's just the low socks for me. The low socks are just—he's got peak confidence to pull that off. He's watched Thiago in trading. The low socks, the nice kit. He's got the full package, Nina, and he's going to be world class. That's our I... feeling. I love it. Right. Okay. There you go, people. You heard it here first on the Euro Incision podcast. And of course, you know, we've, we've got a bit of youth in there and he threw in a bit of experience in, in James Milner, who he did all right as well. But yeah, it just, at that point to me, it just felt like Liverpool were just kind of going through the motions, just, you know, like, let's just, you know, they're, there wasn't much pressure from Ajax, in my opinion. They so were Ajax, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, like, immediately there was nothing. So it was just like, I'm just watching this for the sake of watching this because Liverpool are winning and I've got to do a show tomorrow. That was exactly. my mindset. Yeah, so yeah, but it was like, well, I, we when we recorded Raw yesterday, Eddie came on whilst we were waiting for everyone to get on. Just went, I just took the dog out and listened for the last half an hour. Nothing happened. So I was like, yeah, I would have done the same. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the the privilege. I mean, we could have like switched it to another game, you know, where exactly. there was like some exciting things we happening. Could have watched yeah. the Spurs madness. Oh, yeah, which we'll get to in a minute. Let's just quickly just talk about, um, uh, we'll, we'll just give a brief insight into, um, Rangers being Rangers, um, Napoli three, Rangers nil. I mean, I'm like, I'm just gonna briefly just give my thoughts on this. I, I don't think it needs analysis. It really doesn't. Uh, not surprised. Um, Rangers, you can just tell they're just not good enough. I mean, speaking of Napoli though, they are pretty much cutthroat. I mean, it's ridiculously amount of goals that they're scoring. Um, they seem to be doing it for fun, and they rested, I think, some players as well. But, I mean, how do you fancy their chances in the Champions League in general? And my next question to you, Guy, because both of us have qualified. Um, can we realistically beat them by a four-goal margin? <laughs> no. <laughs> I would shake their hand for a draw tomorrow, uh, for next week. Um, I mean, that the top us, right? If we beat them by a four-goal yes. margin. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> if we beat them by three, because they won 4-1. Four, 4-1, one, four, one, yeah. I'm Do guessing if we won like three nil, it'd go a goal difference. I'm guessing it would have to be four nil. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, I'm all right with if if we just ring up them and just say, bring your under twenty threes. We'll bring our under twenty threes. Let's just have a banter on. Um, we'll be on ESPN four or something like that, aren't we, in England? Um, 
I'd be fine with that, to be fair. Um, quick pod next week where we talk about lads we've never heard of. I'd be fine for me. But um, in terms of them going, the in, in terms of being a danger this season, you just have to say yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's that's the thing. You look at the rest of the Syria team. Obviously, Juve is a dramatic case because they are dreadful. Milan have been struggling. Um, to be fair, Inter are doing well. They got through a difficult group. Um, but the, the way they've just kind of swept aside this group, which was a difficult group on paper, because mm. albeit Rangers lack of quality, Ibrox is still a difficult place to go, and I'm sure they went there, as did we, to be fair, and just absolutely tonked them. But they're so dangerous. I mean, George and Lad name I can't say. Kvaratskhelia. Uh, yes, him. Um, I have put some practice <laughs> into that. I can't say John, but I can say Kvaratskhelia. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. So they've got him, Simeon. Um, That's oh the story. They've got yeah. some good players. Uh, the fu- what's the fuller midfielder called? I can't bloody remember his name. Oh, God. Kess- uh, not Kessie. Um Oh gosh, his name's on the tip of my tongue. Oh my god, oh my god, I know who you mean. Oh, he was, oh fuck's sake, he scored last week. Napoli midfield. Angisa. That's it, Angisa. Rambo, there he is. I did it. As soon as I clicked the arrow, yeah, he he seems to have taken a really big jump and very good. They've got people like Ndombele just there for fancy goals. And they've got even a quiet like... midfielder like Lobotka who just quietly just yes, gets on with absolutely. it, you know, like who just goes unnoticed, but he's so instrumental in what what they do. Yeah, I I have to agree with you, um, guy. They they look they look like a really fun team. I mean, like it must be great being a Napoli supporter right now. Mm. That's all I'll say. You know, with the summer that they had, with the big mass exodus of you know some of them them legendary players. But yeah, I think a lot of teams that finish runners up will not be fancying. You know, will not be looking forward to that game and obviously hostile away trip as well. So. Yeah, Liverpool beat them 4-0. Actually, I don't care. You're through. It's fine. It, it, it is what it is. Right, you, you give a little spoiler alert to Spurs. So let's go to that group. This group is wide open, people. Oh, my God. What on earth is going on? So let's talk about the Spurs game. Spurs won, Sporting Lisbon won. I mean, their, um, uh, you know, former homeboy, um, uh, Marcus Edwards, sticks it to them pretty early. I mean, I, I liked his goal. I liked the fact that he took it from, you know... Um, just past the, 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 the centre circle and just kind of takes on Hoiberg and then just, you know, dribbles in and just puts it past um long-distance, low-range shot, um uh, past uh, Loris. Nice stuff. Uh, keepers having a bit of a mare, we will agree on that, you know. Just um, a bit, yeah. <laughs> Just a bit, you know, is, is carried on into Europe. And then, of course, Bentico with a header makes the last 10 minutes tasty for Spurs. Uh, here's something you don't hear every day, eh? They seem to be doing a lot of that. But then, Guy, our game finished, and I think we went to live footage of what was going on there, right? Because four minutes of injury time, and um, they were looking at a goal that Spurs have scored, and Harry Kane celebrating like a madman. He thinks he's done it for the home crowd, but gets ruled off for offside by VAR. And um, obviously, a lot of people kicking off. There was a lot of debate saying the ball was played behind. But I think the reason why it got ruled offside was, correct me if I'm wrong, is because Harry Kane was in front. I still have no idea. <laughs> I've watched, uh, it. I've watched yeah. it a few times. I'm like, is he? I, I don't understand. It's just, uh, it doesn't look offside to me. If you, if just as a layman and you just look at a goal and think, is that offside? It just doesn't. Like I, 
I don't think I understand the upside rule anymore. I, I can never see the same here. There was a time when I just knew it, and now yeah. I'm just like, I'm confused as hell. But I think that's uh, because I've been like trying to get like loads of things. I, did, I think what they're trying to say is obviously when the ball was played, obviously it, it, it deflects off um, a sporting defender, right? And um, mm-hmm. when it deflects off, I think it's because Harry Kane was in a more advanced position than the ball and the defender or some bullshit. I don't even know. I don't even know, but VAR said it's not good enough. But you know what? I will laugh my ass off because Harry Kane celebrating and, you know, shit going sideways. Antonio Conte sees red, gets a red card. Drama, 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 people. And we're here for it. And in the other game, um, Guy, Frankfurt 2, Marseille 1. I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. I think Genduzzi's goal was absolutely sensational. Peach mm. of the cross, stunning volley. I loved it. Um, uh, Kamada got Frankfurt's goal and uh, Genduzzi levels things up. Um, and then uh, Frankfurt take the lead again. But I want to get your thoughts on this now. Spurs are 8th, play Marseille on 6 points away sporting and frankfurt both on seven and uh, sporting host frankfurt on the last day no team has qualified yet europa league vibes i like it (laughs) see if i wasn't doing a show and if i was like if i could be one of those casual people i would be watching this group can't lie oh god i uh, yeah you definitely would because this is just the this is just the one where everyone just fan nah nah I don't want to go through you go through every other group's basically done by figuring out who finishes second maybe in some of them things like Leipzig and stuff like that to sort out but yeah this is this is just the one that's left that is just like everything to play for and everyone can go through I have no idea what the reverse scores was but it's just it's going to be an odd one because Spurs are horrid at the minute. Uh, yes, they have come in. Obviously, the loss to Newcastle of the weekend, and before mm. that, the, you know, the, I thought I thought they got absolutely battered by Man United. I think United are just playing yeah. off the park. So yeah, yeah. Um, Spurs doing a Spurs and will they do it on the last game day of the Champions League? Watch this space, people. Um, yeah, very interesting stuff, right? So we we spoke about that one, guy. I mean. This group pissed me off, and I'm just going to talk about it in general. I want to hear your thoughts. So, Inter four pills and nil. Um, nice little factor. Uh, ex players that played in Manchester were all on the score sheet for Inter. Mkhitaryan, Jekyll with two, Lukaku with one. I did my research there, people. Analysis, analysis. But yeah, it finished four nil. But you know what really pissed me off about this guy is the fact that it was the early kickoff, and we mm. knew whatever happened would impact how the you know the Barca score and the result as well because obviously like Barca went into that game and you know they are hosting Bayern Munich that should have been a tasty game you know throwing everything to it and they come out knowing that they're out of the Champions League and that kind of pissed me off a little I know you can't really deal much with the scheduling but that I feel like that just pissed me off and I, I can't imagine the psychology of the Barca players as well like going out having to play Bayern Munich and you're like well shit we're already out like I don't even know like does that even affect their I mean to be fair they had zero shots on target but I was gonna say when I was watching the highlights there was one Barcelona highlight and it was the called off penalty and I was like good lord what was happening here uh but did that yeah. did that vex you as well? Because that on paper seems like a really tasty game, doesn't it? Like this was the group mm-hmm. of death. The Barca buying game, like if there was 
if there was like not that shadow over it that or but but um butter about because into one you look forward to that kind of game right no i do agree i think if you're looking champions league's built on drama there's basically coronation street for the matters um it it, it really should have been at the same time because it puts pressure on maybe pills and get an early goal in if it's a later kickoff or whatever and then crowd gets up barcelona fans get up we've all seen them scenes whether it's the premier league or whatever you've seen one set of fans in a different stadium just all go mental the others on the verge of tears that's the kind of stuff football's built on, and um, they're the mo- they're the memorable moments. But just be ready to just go well four 0 and then Barcelona try out a team with Marcus Alonso at centre back against Bayern Munich. <laughs> Aye, Jesus. Super um, Martin doing bits and Sadio Mane. It's just, I can't believe. Barcelona. I know. I know. All, all the stuff oh. Barcelona have bought Marcus Alonso playing centre back. Bellerin as well in the defence. Oh my god. Ah. Oh my god, what a horrendous oh, team. <laughs> that, 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 to be fair, no, playing that team by Munich or winning whatever the hell happening, screwdriver. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That is dreadful. It is absolutely dreadful. Right, let's, um, uh, I mean, like, it's very. Strange, isn't it? Like teams like that are going to be in, in Europa again. And obviously, we'll we'll talk about which teams make Europa next week when everything's like final. But obviously, their their fate has been decided. And Juve as well, potentially as well. We'll talk about that group because that's a bit wide open as well in terms of both teams can finish top and both teams can end up in Europa in Maccabi Haifa and Juve. So that's a quite an interesting one as well, right? Atletico Madrid, Leverkusen. Too all it finished, but again, the I think for me, uh, the drama was at the end, right? Um, uh, you know, penalty after the final whistle had gone, because VAR was checking it. Classical penalty missed, uh, obviously keeper saves it. There was a follow-up shot from Sula. He obviously um, rattles the crossbar, which rebounds back into play, and then another player just fires it wide. But Atletico Madrid, man, and a Leverkusen, I mean... Nice to see Xavi Alonso, um, uh, you know, maybe having some kind of stamp on this team. It's just now that's what football's about. Is after the final whistle. Penalty. Yes, the drama. That's what we need. That now that's Coronation Street times a million. Oh God, um, it's just. <laughs> What can you say? I was going to bring him up later on as my Alvi Moreno player, but Carrasco, man, misses a penalty, then blocks the rebound of his own player. Oh, but no, it's nice to see Xabi doing well, because I think after his debut, it's not gone swimmingly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice to get a big, somewhat of a big result, I think. They are out, but they can still get the Europa League um, next week. I'm not sure which way they're playing, but I think I've got those notes here. Yeah, and of course, it finished Bruges nil. Oh, my God. They were Last week, they were still to concede in the Champions League. Porto 4. So, you know, that group is, as things stand, Guy, I think I made some notes. Like, Bruges top it with 10, obviously. Porto second with 9. Atletico 5, who got away to Porto. Um, need a win, but a point will do if Leverkusen lose or draw to Bruges, who are currently on 5. So... Basically, Leverkusen have to win to put any kind of pressure on the Athletic mm-hmm. to get um get you know um to win as well. 
But you, you were talking about your player of Figgy and yours was Carrasco. Mine actually was um, uh, Diogo Costa, the goalkeeper for Bruges, because obviously Porto make it 1 0 and um, Bruges get a penalty. Mm. And, you know, Diogo Costa, um, the goalie for Porto, saves it. They have to retake it again because, um, you know, a lot of um, Porto defenders kind of uh, encroach the box. So um, they have to retake it and um, uh, he saves it again. And I think that's really, really crucial because important time of the game. I like that. That was a nice little thing. I was quite impressed with some keepers. I'll speak about another one in a minute. But yeah, that's what. So those were the games on Wednesday. Guy, on Tuesday, we have the luxury of just kind of randomly watching one game where, as and when we can. And I want to go straight, straight into the one I watched. Because, like you said, some of these are full drawn conclusions. So I went to the Juve game. 4 3, it finished against Benfica. But can I just say something? That result and that scoreline, so, so flattered Juve, is actually mm-hmm. disgusting. I can't even lie. 4 um, uh, 3, it finished, but Juve were absolutely disgraceful. I mean, like they were behind within minutes, minutes. And then Vahalovic pulls one back. But then it was kind of sad because Quadrado got, gets pulled back for like a penalty that kind of touches his hand. But it, that was never it was, a penalty. Yeah, it was such close proximity. And like, I felt like that, again, that affected the game. They get a penalty, they score. Stunning penalty, by the way. Um, really, really nice technique. But I think then at that point, it was like game over and they go into that half at 3-1 and then obviously it's 4-1 and then Juve pull on some kind of comeback but I think the scoreline massively flattered Juve because for me it felt more like Benfica just switched off in those moments you know they look very comfortable they're like cruising but Juve are absolutely dreadful I'm just putting that out there yeah every time I listen to other podcasts like the European Roundup one it's Will Juventus sack um, Allegri this week? And do you, the answer I don't think really they can, good. though. They can't, can they? That's the thing. And I think Agnelli's never sacked a manager mid-season. So it's just like, you're going to have to change here or something. I'm not sure where Juve fit in, in, in Serie A, but it's not first, so it's not acceptable for a team like Juve. I know it's a dreadful Juve team, but this is Juventus who won, was it, nine in a row? Mm. It's just... I don't understand. I don't understand how one bad signing of Cristiano Ronaldo is, is set them on this course of dreadful. Well, you know what? This will seem familiar to you. They are currently eighth with 19 points. To be fair, I think we're not. Liverpool aren't as bad as you, there, to be fair. No, so no they're not. It can always be worse. Um, it, it just looks rudderless. It looks. It's weird. It looks rudderless, but it just looks like a lack of quality as well. Yeah, and very old and like, yeah. you know, like you know, Rabiot and things like not being invested. And I don't know, it just feels very stale, yeah. very stale. And the fact that Bonucci is still playing as well. And obviously we know um, uh, um, his, his, his buddy, his partner in crime now, he's playing football in state. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they're playing a three-man defence or something. There was something very, very strange, but they were getting outdone. And you, that's one thing you don't see for Juve or, or certainly Italian teams. Like, stereotypically, like, we always speak about this, but defensively, they were absolutely shambolic. They were being played through. They were being played around. The midfield was being bypassed. You know, that scoreline so, so flattered them. I can't mm-hmm. even, like, lie about it. It was just 
awful, absolutely awful. I don't even know what to say about it. It was horrendous. Quadrado was having an absolute mare as well. Like every touch, it was just awful. It was just absolutely awful. His head seemed to go on the penalty of the world. Yes, he? yes, because I remember he's getting more and more angry as as things were happening. So yeah. So they look like well, they were at the Champions League. But let's move on to the next one. PSG 7, Maccabi Haifa 2. I mean, Messi with a couple of gorgeous goals. Uh, Mbappe gets two as well. Neymar gets in on the scoring as well. I think there's an own goal. And um, one of the other players that named Phil. Soler, I think it was. That, thank you, gets the goal. But what's really interesting about this group guy, Drinkle, is the fact that... Both PSG and Benfica are equal on points, and Juventus and Maccabi Haifa are equal on points. And I think Juve have to host. I think they have to host um, Paris Saint-Germain, and um, Benfica will play Maccabi. But again, all to kind of play for for everyone if they want something. Well, here's the question for you, then. Would you would you rather play Juventus in Turin, or would you rather play Maccabi in Israel? I think I'd rather play Juventus than Turin. Israel's terrifying. On paper, you would say I'd go to Maccabi Haifa play there, but the way things are going right now, yes. Um, uh, yeah, I think PSG might have it a little easier. Mm. And, you know, on a side note as well, I think Messi is doing absolute bits. It feels like he's he old Messi. Um, last season, I felt like he looked a bit despondent. Maybe it was a new move and everything because he's just been Barca boy for so long. But... Um, a lovely goal from him as well. Um, I'm just going to put that out there. Um, for me, that was probably the goal. You know, the one that um he takes from the outside of his foot on yeah, the right hand side, the first one that he yeah he scores stunning. It, to me, that's just vintage Lionel Messi. But yeah, so that's that group, guy. Which other game and group do you want to talk about? Because I thought this one was really really interesting, and I'm talking about the game for Chelsea. I mean. They won. They won two one, right? Yeah. And I thought two stunning goals made it for them. Absolutely two stunning goals. Um, uh, and pretty much killed the game as well. But they sh- they had a few chances in the first half, and they could have like again like if they taken their chances like Ajax. You know, I don't think um you know Salzburg come out like that. But what the fuck? They come out and they get an equaliser, but their goalkeeper had an absolute worldie. Again, that's uh, when I'm talking about impressed goals, mm-hmm. I'm impressed by goalkeepers. He was one that I was very impressed with. And it seems like Potter's football seems to be doing okay with Chelsea. Doing a lot of rotating, but I was quite... I think Gallagher getting a quick run of games as well, quite consistently as well, and doing it in Europe and actually looked pretty decent. Fair play to him. Did you, he just seems to... I don't know, it just seems a lot more harmonious than what it was under Tuchel. Like, I think when, when it happened, I think everyone was like, every. I think most people were like, Tuchel's better than Potter. But maybe Potter's just a better fit, because everyone seems happier. More people are getting chances. Um, Havertz seems to have improved. Kovacic seems to massively improved, or just seems to be getting more of a run of games. He's playing Sterling and Pulisic at wing-back, and it's working. Mm. I couldn't do that on Football Manager. I, I probably couldn't do that in FIFA, and that's me playing the game. <laughs> um, it's just, he it, it just, I think he's just a really good manager, and he may improve, he may streamline it a bit, and may actually take the easy chances, not depend on scoring two worldies. <laughs> um, but no, it is, I think that's why more, quite a lot of Liverpool fans, wishful thinking, obviously, uh, 
when Klopp does go, whenever he decides to go, hopefully after a happier season than the one we're currently having, um, I think that's why everyone had Potter, maybe not top of the list, but they had him on the list. Um, and you can see why now, because the football they played, especially in that first half, just seemed just seemed really excellent. It just seemed competent. It seemed controlled. Um, yeah, the odd moment, I think Kepper had a moment of Kepperness where he tried to punch a ball and it like had the force of a toddler. Mm. Um, I think Silver just put it out behind. Um, oh, yeah, he, he anticipated it. Yeah, he knew yeah, yeah. what was going to happen. And that, that was really smart by him, actually, because he didn't look flustered or anything. Yeah. You know, he just kind of trapped back and just cleared it off the line. Absolutely. So, so yeah, he just he seems to be giving everyone a chance. Um, Gallagher, who we know had a really good season at Palace, he just seems odd. Like he seems versatile enough to just play. He could probably make him into a wing back. He can play in midfield. I think he played as a ten in this one, going off the lineup. Um, but then you've got people like Mounts improved. He just I think everyone just seems to have improved. Um, Sterling's playing wing back and he looks better than he was under Tuchel. It's just. It's really good to see. But to be fair, Salzburg in, in the second half improved quite a bit. Okafor mm. looks like a good player. I've probably pronounced that wrong. Um, the lad who scored, he made a goal line clearance. Adamu, yes, yeah. he scored and then did a goal line clearance. Yeah. Yes, he did. That's a shout out as well. I, the goalkeeper, my word, some of the saves. It was, yeah, he was excellent. He, he was really, really good. Um, Beaten by, two, yeah, <laughs> but, beaten by two excellent shots as well, where, where he then... Yeah, unsavable. Yeah. That Kovacic one was my, my goal of the round. Um, it didn't it remind you of Liverpool, though? That's why I hate it. I did. It did. It was, I think the Liverpool one was more extreme because <laughs> it just came out of nowhere. But this yeah. one just... It's, maybe that's just his goal. He's just spooning yeah. stuff with his weak foot and it looks amazing. Yeah. But maybe it is just a fluke. But it look, it, it's... Yeah, it... It's odd. It just it looks rare. That's how I'd word it. Because the Habits one is like nice, but I see that like every weekend. Whereas the, the Kovacic spooning one with his yeah. long foot just looks so weird. It's excellent, but no, Kovacic is. I think a couple seasons ago, everyone was saying he's one of the best midfielders in the league, and he's probably getting back to that level now. So that's good for Chelsea fans. Um, I, he's just the ideal Klopp midfielder, which is really annoying as well. <laughs> Yeah, don't, don't hurt us anymore, guy. Yeah. Enough, enough. Um, we're not getting anything. Um, well, we, we'd we like to be proven wrong. Right, so j- listeners, just so you're aware, uh, Kovacic's goal is Guy Drinkle's choice. Mine is Lionel Messi's first goal against Maccabi Haifa. Um, check them out. Let us know your thoughts, which was your goal of the round. And Guy, um, Milan... Finished 4-0 um, against Dinamo Zagreb. You pretty much expected that. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Milan versus Salzburg will be tasty next week. Because obviously you're Chelsea yes. are through now. Yes. Which stadium is it? Oh, that's probably a good question. I think it's, it's, in, it's in Milan. So, yeah, yeah that'll be interesting. Um <clears throat> Does home and away matter anymore? It just seems it doesn't really seem to matter other than Anfield, maybe. Everything else just seems random. Um, so maybe it might be a nice thing for Salzburg to do it at the San Siro. It just, yeah, that'll be a huge game because, again, that's probably other than Chelsea, obviously, um, that group is still got a lot to play for. So they can, can they all still go through? 
I don't think Zagreb can go through unless they beat Milan like five nil. <laughs> the reverse fixture. So yeah, that that'll be that'll be a big game between them. Look at you sniggering. And you know, on on a side note for you there as well, your boy Liao got a goal for Milan as well, didn't he? So yeah, I thought I'd give that a special shout out. Six foot four wingers, you can't go wrong. <laughs> Tried and tested. The guy Drinkle approves. I mean, Celtic won. Shakhtar won. We already spot Mudrich. I think he's going to be a player that yeah. everyone kind of looks at. I think that goes without saying. We spoke about the miss. The miss. I watched um, it again in the background. There, it's definitely, it's definitely that one. Okay, so it's <laughs> confirmed. It is confirmed, people. The second miss is far worse than Darwin Nunes. So you know, rest easy. And if you've not checked it out, go and check it out. Your jaw will drop. Leipzig 3, Madrid 2. I'm not really surprised. I mean, there was no Benzema Valverde in this one. Um, a lovely goal by Uncucu and stuff. Smashed it into the roof of the net. That was quite nice as well. Um, I just thought, in um, or Timo Werner scores as well, I thought of you. Um, he did get a goal, uh, but he finished 3-2. Um, I thought it was just pretty much standard stuff. I mean, Real Madrid were through. I, this game didn't intrigue me in the slightest like that. Yeah, I think if there was more on the line, I think you'd be like, oh, massive. It probably is one of Leipzig's biggest results in history because I know they're relatively new as, 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 yeah. as RB Leipzig having to beat United. But beating Real Madrid, regardless if it's a slightly rotated Real Madrid, it doesn't matter. It's beating Real Madrid. So it is probably one of their biggest results. Um, I'm just getting their team up and just seeing how rotated it was. Just a few big players. I think Benzema played, and I don't think uh, Valverde played. Uh, yeah, basically, and uh, Alaba wasn't there as well, or Carvial. So a bit of it wasn't exactly out the play of the under twenty three. So yeah, it's a good, it's a good big result. It's a big result. I look at me downplaying because I'm, I'm so unimpressed. And look at Guy Drinkle there bigging up. But yeah, and also the new manager as well. So new manager, you know, like Rose doing doing quite well there for Leipzig uh, in the Champions League. What is the state of play in that group? Let me just quickly check table. Uh, yeah, it looks like uh, Leipzig are through and Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's a Leipzig are through in my opinion. Leipzig can yeah they they they'll be through. Did they play each other? They play. D D D. If my laptop would stop being slow. Let's have a look. Who do Leipzig play next? Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. They, no. it's, it's in Shakhtar. Oh, that could be Leipzig, yeah. So I'm not sure what the reverse fixture would have been. Let me have a look. Let me have a look. I'll, I'll, right, is it who 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 am I looking for? Uh, oh, Shakhtar beat them um, at one four at Leipzig. That's where the manager got sacked. Oh, wow. So if Shakhtar win, they go through. Shit. Mm. So Leipzig have to beat them away. Oh, it is quite tasty then. That might be a game to watch. I might be one to watch, and it's early, so we get no. It's, a, it's the opposite day to Liverpool, so we can watch it anyway. <laughs> yeah, we can watch um, it, and I'm guessing it will be early, right? Yeah, it's in, it's in, I'm guessing it's in Poland. Yeah. So, yeah, it will be in Poland. All right, so that one's done. Right, last group, I mean, like, is it even, like, anything? Let's even look at it. Sevilla 3, Copenhagen 0. I expected that. Even Sevilla should come through against uh, Copenhagen. Dortmund City finished 0-0. I mean, City are through... Dortmund on eight, there's Sevilla with five, who I think, I think have to play, let me have a look, 
I think that's play City at home. I yeah, I don't see much. Happening. I think Dortmund are through. Yeah, I think so as well. Yeah, I I think so as well. So yeah, done and done. Right, guy. Um, that was the Champions League. I thought it was quite a fun round. Um, I like this stage where things have been put to bed, but there's still some things to play for. Yeah, we just got to look at the Spurs group. Like everything else is kind of boring. Except maybe the Shakhtar Leipzig game, and it's just like Spurs. Can they Spurs their Spursiness? Which makes no sense, but everyone will understand what I just said. Everyone understands. <laughs> football is nodding right yes. now and sipping on their coffee, guy. Drinkle, guy, you you picked your goal. Who was your man of the week, or you know, like the the yeah the round? So funny, man of the round was Carrasco because that was yeah. hilarious. Um. I suppose it has to be a goalkeeper, doesn't it, seeing as they had mad ones? Corbel was very good against City for Dortmund, by the looks of it. Uh, I can't remember the Salzburg lad's name. Was it Korn or something? Korn, yeah. Korn, Korn. yeah. yeah. And Costa for Porto with the yes. double penalty save. So goalies are making a comeback. They absolutely are. Maybe I picked Diogo Costa because that game against us where it was basically match-fixing. It's the redemption arc he needed. <laughs> um, yeah, let, let's go with that. Let's go. Oh, me, no, I'll go with the young lad who scored for Benfica. I think it was his first Benfica goal. Was it Silva? Is it Andre Silva, the young centre-back? Mm-hmm. I'll go with him. That's a, that, Albeit it is Juventus, but it's a, nice, it's a nice moment for a young lad too. It is, actually. It really is. And it was actually a stunning goal as well. Yeah, I like that. I completely forgot. Yeah, okay. I am going to give it to goalkeeper now. I'm struggling which one. I thought Korn put in a very, very great performance, but his team did lose. But then the um, uh, Diogo Costa um, keeps his team in it, you know. So I think I'm going to go with saving a spot, um, saving a penalty from the spot twice. So I'm going to give it to Diogo. Diogo Costa, although he wasn't technically the best player on the pitch for uh, Porto. So there you go, people. So yeah, that's my hipster shout. Right, guy, we are pretty much done and we've done it in quite good time as well. Normally you and I ramble forever. I mean, is there anything you want to get off your chest on the Champions League? Now's the time to do it because then you can't speak about it again. Ever. Ever. Um, Well, I can speak about this because it'll translate into the Premier League as well. Mares is kind of finished. Oh, penalty <laughs> miss, right? Yeah. He's, I don't know why he's ever allowed to take penalties again that when you're not 4 0 up. Because that lad, he got a new. I think when people say it gets a new contract and relaxes, I think we're looking at Riyad Mahrez there. Because he has done nothing this season. Because he is in one of my draft teams. He has done nothing. I think I binned him for like Ollie Watkins or something like that, which sums up how his season oh, shit. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. He got in on over the weekend, though, didn't he? Came through for you. To be fair, I think I then binned Watkins for Skamaka, so no. <laughs> oh, yeah. and Skamaka started doing well, or did you bin him as well? Good, okay. I blame, Ger- I blame Gerard for that. So, yeah. Absolutely. Nice. Okay, that was really, really random, but yeah, Mares, um, yeah, not looking, yeah. I, I have to, yeah, missed a penalty. He did that against us once at the beginning of the season, I remember. He did. Good times. Good times, good times. Right, guys, that is the Euro Incision podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Join us again next week where we will be, um, uh, it will it'll be the last time we're discussing the groups and who makes Europa League and, you know, our final say on the whole situation and who we would fancy. 
in the groups, in, in, in the knockout stages. But guys, thank you so much for listening. Guys, before I let you go, I mean, they know where to find you, but in case you live under a rock, where can people find you? So at Guy Drinkle on the Twitter machine, um, I will be tagged in half the stuff on AI, unfortunately, for you. Although, no, Trev's back now, so that'd be less, less of me, which is always good for you people. Um, Never. Like, <laughs> uh, rate, don't hate. I've got to say we'll be back because I'm not hard, hosting. It's isn't it? It is. It, it was weird because doing Raw, then Rate, don't hate, it almost felt like I'm doing the same show twice. So I kind of put it on pause, but I'll try and bring that back. Um, but other plug, we've got loads of, well, we're trying to redo the writing side of the site. So mm-hmm. there's loads of new writers, there's loads of new content. And if anything's wrong, go shout at Sam Maguire is basically my shout for that. It's not my fault, it's his fault. Um, so check out all the new writers and new content. And Stephen Smith has written about 70 articles in, in about two days. So check all them out. Yeah, and all school people who follow the AI will be really, really impressed with uh, Steve Smith's um, input there because he's giving Sam Maguire room for his money because um, everyone knew how many articles Sam Maguire used to put out there. And you know what? Just a quick one on Sam Maguire. For me, he produced the tweet of the night. Did you read it? Uh, I probably didn't because I had to jump straight on the raw. Yeah. No, he did it whilst um, uh, oh, okay. Darwin said simple tappings are for Norwegian robots. Oh, I did see that. Yes, that's fantastic. I love yeah, that. Darwin doesn't do simple. Yeah. That's why we like him more. Yes. Right, guys, for my part, I will be back post-match with the Nina Kyle Show. Do check out all Guy Drinkle's content and, yeah, head over to our our articles. They're, they're phenomenal. And, um, yeah. Um, we will be back next week talking about Europe again which will be fun so yeah take care till next time up the reds we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show the best way to get in touch is over on our free discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds. And it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.